Hallelujah. Open your Bibles with me, if you please. Remain standing. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Excuse me, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Read like this. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Let it declare, Lord, to us, Lord, your will for our lives, God. And may we walk into it. May we obey it, God. May we be not just hearers of your word, but doers of your, your word, God. Transform us, Lord, through our obedience through the word into the very image of your son. Flow through us, touch through us, move through us. Make us more like you in every way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you may be seated. As I began last week on Sunday night to talk about the weaponization of Christians. To weaponize something means to adapt it for use as a weapon. To adapt it as, as, as use as a weapon. And a lot of Christians don't like military terms, but the Bible is full of them. And it talks about the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It talks about how we are to put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and having done all the stand, to stand therefore and, and then it lists these weapons that we have. And I told you before, the first war that was ever fought was fought in heaven. That the Bible says that God is a man of war. Wherever you see the Spirit of God moving, there's always a conflict. There's a conflict between powers and principalities. Jesus walked into the middle of a city and town and asked Peter who he thought he was. He said, no, Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, thou the Christ the son of the living God. And before principalities and powers, Jesus Christ announced who he was and what was he about. He said, blessed are thou, Simon, Bar-Jonifer, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And then he get in the letter, he said, upon this truth I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. In other words, there's going to be a fight between my church in the very gates of hell and I will not let Satan prevail against my church, my people, my organized body of Christ as they gather together in my name, fully anointed, fully appointed, fully weaponized to do war in the heavenlies. And he says they will go up against the gates of, of hell and they will not prevail. And I want you to know that gates don't move. But the church does. Hallelujah. And we move against the gates. 
wherever Satan rears his ugly head, hallelujah, there's some skinny, born-again Christian, barely noticeable in the crowd, raising their voice up to Almighty God and decreeing, declaring, and power and principalities are bowing down, hallelujah, falling down, being knocked down, being exploded, being destroyed. And the walls come tumbling down. Oh, don't say that song. Here, hey, strike, hey, strike that from the tape. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ did not leave you alone. And not only did he not leave you alone, he did not leave you powerless. Whoa! He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now notice, you got to notice how I said that. I just said, whatever you bound in earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you, you know why? Because it doesn't have, Jesus spoke as one having authority. And if you don't speak with authority, you can, See, you know, a lot of parents, and you know, I, you know, I got some kids, I got some grandkids, and you can't parent a kid by pleading with them. I'm sorry. I don't care what they taught you. I don't care what book you got. Throw it away. Hallelujah. Just use the book, God's book, okay? Use it any way you want to. <laughs> if you talk to your kids like that, they will laugh at you if you go, Johnny, Johnny, please, please do right. He will just look at you and go, huh? <laughs> you know who you're talking to, Jack? He's like, I'm in control here. But you got to let Johnny know that Johnny ain't in control. Say, Johnny, you better <laughs> listen to what I'm saying, Johnny. You better do what I'm telling you to do or now, or there are going to be consequences. You do not want to deal with the consequences, Johnny. Listen to me. Do what I'm telling you to do now. I'm not counting the three. <laughs> you ain't going to get a timeout. You might get a knockout, but you ain't getting a timeout. <laughs> you know. I don't know about y'all, but I had kids. You set them in the corner for 10 minutes, they'll play all kind of games. You know, they'll just, don't just sit there like, you know, they'll just, they'll just make up friends. They'll have a whole crowd of people sitting in that corner with them. I got imaginative kids. Timeouts didn't work with them. They wanted a timeout. Time me out, you know. I got a whole bunch of people that I want to play with, you know. Yeah. I said, no, we're not playing that silly game. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. What was I talking about? I don't know. Hallelujah. I'm talking about talking and speaking in the God-given authority that he's given you. And when you talk to powers and principalities, you can't talk to them like they're rational, like they understand. You have to make them do what you're telling them to do. Jesus spoke as one having authority. And when principalities and powers heard him, they moved. You know, and when they hear you, when they... You just got to imagine this, you know, that, you know, you know, Satan in the, you know, if you would just get, get out of the way, please, and, and, and move. What? <laughs> Jesus said, I gave you authority over all the power of the wicked one. Stop acting like that. Stop acting like, like, like you might not have authority. Mm. 
Stop acting like you might not have authority. And start to believe what the Word of God says. He says, I give you authority. These signs shall follow them that believe. He said, to those that believe, I give them the power to become sons of God. Now see, people understood what that mean, what that meant in the Old Testament. That meant if you was a son of God, you was God-like. You was just like your father. And when servants saw you, they saw the authority of, their, of the father on you. If you were a son, a child, a daughter of God, you spoke as one having authority. Even the people that was older than you, you spoke to your enemies as one having authority. Man, you bet, do you know who I am? I'm the son of the living God. You bet the... I'm just saying. I'm just saying we got to start just dreaming about being who we are. Watching television about people who, who, who are and start being who we are. You know, it is so important to the kingdom of God that you stand up and take your place and stop listening to other voices and get into the word of God until you are on par from high. Now, I told you um, Sunday night that we're not Jesians. We're Christians. And the word Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that is empowered, the one we read that verse, he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. He has empowered me. He has weaponized me. My power is not my own that I'm using. I'm only using the power that my people can use. I'm only setting an example for those who would believe in my name. He said, if you believe in me, greater things than this will you. You know, I, I see that the, 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 the spirit of wisdom and the, and, the, and the power and counsel of God getting together just like they did in Genesis and said, let us make man in our image and let us give them dominion over everything in the earth. Jesus comes back and says, I'll give you the keys. He says, I'll return to you your dominion. I'm weaponizing you right now. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom and whatsoever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Woo, 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 oh! Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And you go, wow. Oh, oh, oh. Boom, yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. You walked in one way, you come out with an S on your chest, and you just... You take the position which God has granted you. Now watch this. He said, my church is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have seats of authority that we stand in. Jesus is standing. We represent him on the earth. I'm just trying to say that you're not a powerless being. But you know, I feel powerless. Ah! 
you, Jesus. <laughs> Let me have one of these, man. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise God. Look at you, man. Your servant. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 10, verse 30, it says, verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who he anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil. Some versions said being oppressed of the devil because God was with him. God's with you. God is with you. If you're obeying his word and you're living right, listen to me, not perfect. Ain't none of us perfect. I mean, we, we, we just tore up. But when it comes to Satan and us, we ain't bad. I'm telling you, we just like, you know what? You know, I might have problems. I might have fought, and I'm dealing with God about that. But you, you got to go. Uh-uh. I, I ain't got to. One thing I'm not going to put up with is you. <laughs> you, know? you got to know who you are. You know, the devil will come and remind you of your past. And I like when he does that. You know why I like it? I know people tell you to, to remind him of his future, but that doesn't bind and loose him. I'm going to tell you what does. When he reminds me of my past, and I feel bad about something that I've done. I go back to God and I say, God, forgive me. I, I'm so sorry. You know I'm sorry. And you know I repent, God. Restore me. Then, boom! Ha! <laughs> Satan, get out! In the mighty name of Jesus. Boom! <laughs> this is a constant battle. It's a constant fight. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers. But wrestle we do. Let me tell you something. You're either, I love this stuff. You're either coming out of a fight, in a fight, or going into a fight. Yourself. You go, what? In this world, you shall, in the world. Are you in the world? Yes. You're not of the world, but you're in the world. In this world, you shall have tribulation. In other words, in this world, you're going to be in a fight. But I don't want to fight no more. That is not reality. I don't want to fight. People who don't fight get beat up. If you've ever been to public school, you know that. Okay. <laughs> People who don't fight get beat up. But we learn that we, we wrestle not against fight, flesh and blood. We're not get, fighting against people. Okay, but we're fighting against powers, against principality. Once you know who you're fighting, now you have to relearn how to fight, and you have to fight with your spiritual weapons because your earthly weapons do you no good. I don't care how tough you are or how strong you are. There's nobody tougher than, than Satan and his angels. Hallelujah. Except for God and his angels. Hallelujah. So you can't... In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You can't use your might. Because your mind is worthless against Satan. I mean, how can you even hit something you can't see? You know, you know, you know you're wasting your time. Okay, and Satan is doing that. He's looking at you laughing. Huh? <laughs> you know, I don't care how cute you are. And I don't care how much talent you have. You know why I can say that? Because God's angels. You know, they're perfect. They're wonderfully made. They have never missed a note. 
They have never misbuilt anything that they went to build. Okay, they have, they, they just, they just, they just all that. And then we look at us and we try to oppress God with our earthly attributes. It's like, that's why God said, make a joyful noise. He wasn't talking to some of us. He was talking to all of us. Because after you hear, heard angels sing, ain't no human voice can touch that. And he'd been listening to angels sing for millennium. And then we sing. You know, Whitney Houston sounds like a frog to him. You know what I'm saying? All these other names and all these other people, you know, that's out there singing. They ain't impressing God. Okay, and your, your workmanship, you might be good, you might be smart, you might even be strong. But you ain't like God's angels who wiped out 150 men in one night. Just one angel. And you might be strong, but you ain't that strong. Okay. And so, what I'm saying is, God's not impressed with, with our carnal weapons. But he has weaponized us to do battle against our enemy. In John chapter 4, verses 5 15, through 15, God tells us this story about um, this Samaritan woman. And we find some truth there. And so if you would go there to John chapter 4, verses 5 through 15, we'll find some things that they help us understand being weaponized. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now J Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, thus sat at the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jesus, for Jews, excuse me, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. This woman said to him, Sir, you don't have, to, you don't, you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as well as his sons and his livestock. And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may, but that I may not thirst nor come here to drink. Now see, now Jesus had to explain something to her. In verse, if you skip down to verse 23, he says, but the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, 
I who speak to you am he. At this point, this lady's life changed. She believed Jesus. He told her that she had five husbands and the one that she had was not hers. Well, that might not mean a lot to you. And that might not mean that, that might mean to you that God was putting her down, that Jesus was putting her down, but he wasn't. He was lifting her up. He had to reveal to her who he was because he would indeed give her living water. He saw her condition. He knew where she was. He knew what she was. Now that we can learn a whole bunch about this lady. We can learn a whole lot from her. Okay, but listen to me very carefully. Why did Jesus, why, how in the world did she get living water? How in the world did he change her with just a statement about her past? You know, because this is crazy because the enemy will whoop us to death with our past. Okay, this woman turned around from there, became the well that Jesus called her to be. He put inside of her living water, and she ran into town, and she got everybody to come out of town. The whole town got saved. Listening to Jesus. She became a well of living water. She became the wellspring of life. Okay, for those people in town. Because we know we're talking about spiritual life. How did she get that? Because he didn't give her water. Let me tell you what. To those who believe, he gave the power to become the sons of God. And when she believed in her heart, that belief sprung up in her a well of living water. And out of our bellies, the Bible says, will flow living water. You know, I got a river of life flowing out of me. Make the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open prison doors, shut the captives free. Oh, I got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well. And give to me new life abundantly. Oh, I got a river of life. We need more people singing that song. Because they have to understand who he was. This lady did not judge herself in her past. She was so caught up in the one who was talking to her. She was so caught up in the one who had weaponized her that she just went out and started using her weapons. And then she just went out and started witnessing the people until come and see him. He told me everything I'd ever done. And people, listen to me. A lot of people have told me stories. But because they told me a story, I didn't follow them. But this lady had living water. She had something they didn't have and they looked at her and they went there is something about you that has changed we know who you are we know what kind of woman you are we know what your past is he says but there is something sparking you there is something flowing out of you that wasn't flowing out of you before there is something about you now hallelujah that we couldn't see before you know they, they said the same thing about Moses when he came down off the mountain after spending all that time with God hallelujah they said Moses whoa Hey, put a veil on or something, man. You, you, you freaking me out, man. You, you're all aglow. You're radiant. They said to Peter, they said, man, I don't know where this guy come from, man. It's like he, he, he's a fisherman. He ain't been to school and he ain't been to seminary. And, you know, look at him. All we know about him is that he's been with Jesus. Hmm. Hey, hey, well, 
Hallelujah. You know what? Sometimes we go through life. And we are in a dry place and we need some water. I said, we are in a dry place and we're thirsty. Hallelujah. We're in a dry place and we have nothing to drink. And all we have to do is call on the name. Oh, oh, oh living water. Oh, give me living water. When was the last time you cried out? When was the last time you called on the name? When was the last time you said, Lord, Hit me one more time. Do it to me again. Fill me up, God. Hallelujah. And loose me. Oh, that I might set the captive free. Hallelujah. I said, fill me, God. Give me that water and let me go. Let me do your will, God. Hallelujah. Fill me, Lord. Come on me. Woo. You know, Sometimes we're so caught up in our dry place. Oh, God, I feel so bad this morning. You know, <laughs> oh, God, you know, I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what? We're asking God the wrong thing. Hallelujah. Say there's a river of life. Oh, regardless how I feel. Regardless of the situation and circumstance that I'm in. I'm talking about, have you read about Paul? Who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Most of which when he wrote it, he was in jail. Oh, somebody, hallelujah, talk to me. Hallelujah, some of the best people in the Bible been in jail. Oh, hallelujah, but they didn't let it stop them. Hallelujah, they just kept on going. Sometimes you get to stir up that faith within you. I like David. Oh, in his darkest hour. When his, all his friends turned against him, you know what he said? I got a friend that's thicker closer than a brother. Hallelujah. I've got a source of living water that they don't know about. Oh, I know who I am. I know who my father is. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I said, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm not going to let my situation and circumstance beat me up. Hey, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. <laughs> I have an inexhaustible will. I have a source that I tap into 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that'll get me up and get me out. Get me out of my circumstance. Get me out of my situation. Jesus was talking to this lady about water. All of a sudden, he started talking to her about worship. He said, look, I'm filling in this part that I skipped. And he said, you know what? He said, we know who we worship. You don't know who you worship. We know who you worship because salvation is of the Jews. What was he telling her? He said, it ain't a matter about where you at. It's not a matter of your situation or your circumstance. It's not a matter about how you feel. It's all about who you know. And you're supposed to know him. You're called by his name. You're a Christian one. You are a Christ-like one. You are anointed-like one. You have power and authority after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Bam! You have been weaponized. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God. 
Hallelujah. And arise in the full armor of God with my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having on the helmet of salvation. Hallelujah. And the breastplate of righteousness, wielding the sword of spirit and uplifting the shield of faith with which I'm able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Oh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, I have weapons. I'm weaponized. I want you to know when David encouraged himself in the Lord, he went and got back everything that the enemy stole from him. Mm. <laughs> I'm talking about we're going to have trouble. We're going to have situations and we're going to have stuff stolen from us. And how do we act? How do we respond? Let's stop this, this weak need Christianity stuff and just stop. Oh, 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 and starts doing stuff like, I want to encourage myself in the Lord. I will stir up that gift of God that God placed inside of me. I will call on the name of the Lord myself. Hallelujah. I will go get me a drink of living water and become living water and get out there and do something. I will get up and I will get myself. I will, Father, in the name of Jesus, hit me, baby, one more time. Whoa. Back that up and erase, edit that out. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Woo. Shut that up. You know I'm saved, okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> I just have a flashback every now and then. I, I got some, some songs crossed out. But you know, I sing them in the name of Jesus now. Hallelujah. You know what they said about Jesus? They said, is something good going to come out of Galilee? Because they didn't understand where Jesus came from and stuff. But we don't have a problem like that. They had a problem like that. You know, they had their mis history messed up, and they didn't understand that Jesus didn't come out of Galilee, that he came out of Bethlehem. And they knew that. They just didn't know Jesus came out of Bethlehem. You know, we knew where Jesus came from. We know who he is. And let's stop acting like we don't know him. So that when people come and tell us, that, you know, it's okay, sister, you know, Jesus understands. No, Jesus don't understand. Jesus don't understand why I'm acting like I don't have authority. Jesus don't understand why I'm acting like I don't have power. Jesus don't understand how I let people do something to me that stopped me from being him who he called me to be. Jesus don't understand that. He said, who's your Lord? Who's your Savior? Who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? Who set you free? Who delivered you? Who healed you? Was it man or was it me? I'm talking about the weapons of our warfare. You know, but I, I'm, I'm, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Behind every evil word ever spoken to you was a devil. Behind every evil act, everything that was done to you, there was a devil. And if you don't recognize that, and if you don't stand up in your God-given authority and say, I am not bowing down to the devil because I know and I understand that Jesus gave me authority. He gave me power. And he said, whatsoever.
I bind, hallelujah, whatsoever I lose, okay, hallelujah. He said, I would cast out demons in his name. He said, I was powerful. He said, I had weapons. He said, it wasn't my power, but it was his power. But he gave me the authority to use his power in Jesus' name. Ah! Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, I was up half the night last night, you know, because I can't shake this thing. And it's like, I've run into this wall with this cold. And this thing has lingered on. And I'm a man of faith and victory. And I said, you know, God, I believe that you're the healer. And I believe, Lord, that you can heal me. I've been saying that since this thing came on me. And I've been about three weeks in this thing. But I'll tell you what I also said. I said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. It'll form but it will not prosper. I'm going to get myself up. I'm going to EMP. I'm going to go down to Wasilla. I'm going to preach my heart out. I said, I'm going to go and witness to people. I am not going to let this stop me. His grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. I've been weaponized. Care how I feel? Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, very interesting piece of scripture. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. I don't know about you. But the patterns of wickedness I'm trying to break. And I believe through God I can do all things. And I believe that through God that I'll never take another drink again in my life. I believe that through God I'll never do another drug again in my life. You know, I don't have any problem. You know, I just don't want to give Satan no glory. But he had me for a long time, but Jesus set me free. And not only did he set me free, he weaponized me so that I can go out and set other people free. You know, he's weaponized you for a reason. You have to tap into the power that God has given you. And I know you got an excuse to sit back and kick back. I know you got an excuse to quit. I know you got an excuse just to chillax, you've done enough, and all that. You know, and all that is fine, except for if your commander-in-chief is not telling you that, if you're telling yourself that, then you're wrong. And for you is sin. If God is telling you that, you go right on ahead. Mm, I'm very little scripture for that myself, but, but I, I admit that, that God can work with people the way he want to work with them. But you, if you are taking orders from your circumstance and situation, if you are taking orders from your condition, something is wrong. Yeah. <sighs> 
what may, we will always triumph. And you know, I, I, you know we, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb in the words of our testimony. You know, I, yeah, I, I'm, 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 you know the, the Bible is so militant, it, it, it's crazy. It's, if you got to understand that when, when Joshua was standing outside of Jericho, you know, when he was standing on the side of the river and he was about to go over, who showed up? It was the captain of the host. And people tell me, well, you know, God don't want us involved, you know, in war. Joshua said, are you for us or against us? He said, neither. I am the captain of the host of the Lord's army. Bam, and Joshua was like, oops, Jesus, you know. Oh, he said, man, you don't want to drop. Put that sword away, Jack. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to mess with me. I'm bad to the bone. Jesus was like, man, too. I am the captain of the Lord's army. Well, you have an army you ain't fighting. This is weird to me because I thought about this. I said, do God need an army? The heck would God need an army for? He could just, except for, he was maybe setting an example for his people. He says, I got an army. You're an army. He says, you're the body of Christ, fitly joined together to be the church. And as Christ leads you, you will wage wars in the heavenly. He talked to a, he talked to a prophet in the Old Testament. And he said, what do you see in the valley? He said, we see dry bones. And he said, prophesy over these dry bones. And then he, what did he say? He said, they would rise a what? A, a mighty army. Whoa, don't start talking that Jesus talked to me now. Hallelujah. Then and again, he said, they would rise a mighty army. And here we find, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul talking about the armor of God. In the body of Christ, in Christ being the head, and we're his, his, his body, and he's our commander in chief, and he's sending us out to war. Ooh. I read in Revelations, man. You don't see nothing but armies in Revelations. Oh, that's some crazy stuff going on in Revelations, Jack. Hallelujah. But I'm just telling you, stop talking. Stop letting people tell you about who God is and read your Bible and know who understands what God is and what his purpose is. Now, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities. Now, watch this. If you should find yourself in a dry place, I'm going to tell you this, that dry places is, is what demons are looking for. <laughs> oh, We have dry places in our life. And demons are looking through those dry places to stop their wandering. They're wandering around in dry places. They come into the house and it's not filled with the power, the spirit, the presence of Almighty God and they take up roost in force. See, they understand. God didn't just come with one. He bought back an army. We're talking about demons. We're talking about angels. One killed 128,000 men in one night. We're not talking about some powerless things. Now instead of having one, you got eight people, eight demons sitting up inside of you. And you think it's hard to get up. It's hard to overcome. It's hard to cast those things out. Oh yeah, they've come in the army. But you're in the army too. 
You have brothers and sisters in the Lord around you. Want to put a thousand to flight? Two, ten thousand. I don't care how many angels, how many people angels can kill. They can't mess with the church, Jack. And when you come in this church and you get hands laid on you, because people ain't just worshiping. We're worshiping in the power and this might. We worship and we understand that God is at work with us. And when, when one person lay hands on you, the whole church is in agreement that whatever is messing with you got to stop in the name of Jesus. That's why you never check out of here when people are being paid for, when they're being prayed for. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? They've already been paid for by Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> When they're being prayed for, man, we are fully engaged. I shut that. You ever seen Pastor Daniel lay hands on somebody? Do you ain't feel that? Good Lord, I almost got knocked over a couple of times. He just, ah, the bam, and just go, wow. You know why? Because we're fully engaged with him. We're fully in agreement with him. We're fully know that whatever he's binding, we are binding in agreement with him. Hallelujah. Whatever he's loosing. We're losing in agreement with him. We do that for each other. That's why we get together in Bible studies, in home studies. We get together. There's a synergy of power that comes together, not just in your Bible study, but in all the other Bible studies in the valley that's praying for your Bible study. Oh, snap! And there's this a power that comes upon his people, a synergy that comes that causes the devil's kingdom to fall. Oh. I told you, church, we didn't just come to church. We ain't playing church. We are the church. And we're going to fight, 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 fight. All oh, people just, just rest in the Lord. That is resting in the Lord. We're not fighting in our own power. We're fighting in his power. Hallelujah. And sometimes we don't have to do anything but just show up for the battle. Sometimes we just have to show up in the worship service. You know, it's one thing I noticed about Benny here. I said, I never see them lay hands on people. He get close to people, people fall out, okay? <laughs> but they're there to testify about what already happened to them. He ain't touched nobody. He just worshiped. And God shows up and heals people. Praise God. When we settle down to attitude, when we worship God. Now, watch this. Jesus went and talked to a thirsty woman about water and ended up talking about worship. What I'm saying is that we are weaponized in our worship to God. Our worship to God is not in, watch this. This woman wasn't singing songs. We weren't talking about a song service. We're talking about who she was worshiping and the way that she lived her life and the way that she acted, the way that she behaved, the way that how she thought, the very words that came out of her mouth, how she walked. She knew who she was. She didn't know a thing when she came, but when Jesus touched her, and living water started flowing out of her. She went back and knew she was a daughter of God. She knew she was saved. She knew she could witness that day. That day she went back. Oh, yeah, you know, after I, after I cleansed my house and after I, you know, paid, no, skip all that mess. Man, <laughs> how much even more so us? No more dry places. Say that. No more dry places. Except that demons inhabit dry places. But the Spirit of God is filled in places that are full of Him. In every place in my life, I'm going to be full of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was in. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm wrapping this thing up. Because I heard this 
this televangelist saying this, like he was preaching my message. And he said this one thing that just threw everything into a tizzy for me. And I started running my, around my living room like a chicken with his head cut off. He said Jesus was in a place one time. And it says in this in the Bible, it says Jesus stood up and in a loud voice. Now I don't know what you mean by loud voice. I will explain to you what he means by loud voice. He lifted up his voice and said something that everybody in the, in the synagogue where he was at could hear him. In his, in the, I don't know if he was in the synagogue or in the room or something. But he stood up in a loud voice and he said this. He said, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you I said, I said, for real? He said in a loud voice to a whole bunch of people who were sitting in the congregation, and Jesus stood off and said, come to me. Thirsty people go to Jesus. Yeah, they, 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 they don't go, listen to me, they don't go to their mama. They don't go to their little clique. There is a time in your life where you will come to a place not only where you need living water for yourself, you can't give somebody what you do not have. Hallelujah. But Jesus, who has living water, will give you. He is giving out an invitation to you tonight. And he says, come to me. He stood in a loud voice. He said, stop this mess and come to me. Tonight, will you hear God's voice? Will you understand what his will is? Oh, I don't fully understand. Listen, that ain't even important. What's important is that you hear him and obey him. He says, come to me. Don't live, don't, don't, don't live without living water. Don't go without Jesus. It's not a pastor. It's not a people standing here act like us. Jesus is standing up in our midst and he's beckoning unto you. He's crying out to you in a loud voice. Come to me. Will you obey him tonight? And you will, will you obey him for the rest of your life? No matter where you are in life, no matter where you are in your walk with God, whatever you need is found in coming to him. He has the living water. And he wants to give it to you tonight, not for just a moment. He wants to give it to you for eternity. Because if you will come to him, you will never, ever thirst again. You will never, ever be dry again. You will never, ever be without a source of living water who will flow through you and flow out of you. You will become your own well. Wow.
If you're here tonight in the sound of my voice and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, tonight is your night. Jesus is crying, come to me to get what you need. You can't get it no place else. It can only come from him. So I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus tonight. Because once you have Jesus, you have everything you need. Ask the woman at the well. She would never thirst again. And she would become herself a well of living water. Maybe since following Jesus, you've fallen away. And you go, what about me? For the prodigal son, I say, hear Jesus calling you from afar off. Come to me. Come back to me. And I will again give you the living water. Just like the prodigal son was not turned away, God will not turn you away either. So if you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus for the first time, or you want to come back and rededicate your life to him, and you want me to pray for you, simply raise your hand right now, right there in your seats. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else want to come to Christ? Thank you for that hand. I want you all to stand now. I know this is the part where we become in an agreement real strong about what God is about to do in somebody's life. Now listen to me. You who have raised your hand, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. And I'm going to ask you to walk out of your seats and come stand on these altars. I'm going to tell you why. Because if you can't stand from God here, you will never live for him out there. He is saying right now, come to me. If you raise your hand, I want you to come now. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, but you meant to, you better come. Hallelujah. I want everybody praying right now. You know, there's no such thing as a secret relationship with a living God. Coming to Christ is like coming in a marriage. And you stay away from somebody who walked up to you and said, let's get married, but only in secret. Let's not tell anybody. Don't marry somebody like that. Jesus said this in this word. He says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father and in heaven. He says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. So I'm not going to have no secret relationship with you. I'm going to have a real relationship with you. And it's going to be out loud and it's going to be in the open. He said, if I hung on the cross for you, out in front of everybody else, you can make this walk and stand with me on this altar. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Don't be afraid. It's time to do something different now. It's time to fight your feelings and do what is right. If you wanted to raise your hand and didn't know you raised your hand, I'm going to give you another few minutes to come. I want you to talk to yourself, talk to Jesus, and I want you to make your way out of your seats, and I want you to come stand on this altar if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Whoa.
now listen. Everybody in this place, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. In Jesus' name. Here, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that all those that prayed that prayer out loud and met it in their hearts are saved, God. And their destination is no longer a place of outer darkness and gnashing of teeth called hell. But now there's a, it's a place that Jesus has gone before them and made a place for them. <laughs> that where he is, they could be also. Streets of gold where there's no more crying, a place called heaven. I pray from this day forth, Lord, that they will never run away from you when they make a mistake. None of us, God, will ever run away from you because we fall. But we will always run to you so that we can receive mercy, grace, forgiveness, love, and restoration. I pray, God, that from this day forth, Lord, you will never leave them nor forsake them, that you'll always be with them, Father. Whenever they call on the name of the Lord, you will show up. I not only pray for them, Lord, hallelujah, but I pray for this entire congregation that we will be people full of living water, that we will hear Jesus cry tonight and we would come to him and we would receive everything in our lives that we need to remove dryness to dispel darkness, to get our peace, to get our joy, to get our weapons so that we can go out and fight the good fight and be who he called us to be and do what he called us to do without excuse. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for what you're about to do, Lord, in this valley, that there's going to be a flood because from this day forth, out of our bellies will flow nothing but living water. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all in agreement, said, Amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Now listen to me before we dismiss tonight. If you need prayer for any reason, I'm going to be here to pray for you. But go and be. Go and do. God wants to use you. I believe that this whole valley and Anchorage is going to be saved in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your people. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless y'all. Look forward to be back here Sunday as Pastor Daniel will be back here. Hallelujah. If you need prayer for any reason, I want you to come.